Welcome to another edition of Full Time Out presented by K Black with everybody's uncle. Today's episode is all NBA talk. We're going to go through the bubble games, the early bubble games, some of the major storylines that, that have been coming out Orlando. Um, but first, what up, Unc? What up, what up, Kev? What up, I'm good, man. How are you enjoying these games? Hey, I'm loving these games, man. NBA is back and, you know, full effect, man. I'm enjoying these games, man. It's been a long time coming, honestly. You know, we waited a couple months, four months for this, and guys came out with a with high-intensity basketball. It's really been enjoyable. So, first subject I wanted to get into, and it's been a major talk uh, since the, the Orlando games, the, the seeding game started. It's about Zion's Williamson's minutes. So, <laughs> Zion has been on a minutes restriction. Um, it's around 20, 25 minutes a game that they've been uh, putting him on. How do you think the New Orleans Pelicans have been uh, managing Zion, how do you feel about uh, this whole situation with him? Um, honestly, you know what? I, I look at it two ways. You know what I mean? I, I'm looking at it like, listen, this is your last opportunity. Like, you you outside looking in trying to get the eight spot. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You got to come with the best thing you got. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But on the flip side, I also see Zion and, you know what I mean, coming. Just He just got back in the bubble not too long ago. Um, I also look at him and he doesn't seem to be in the best basketball shape right now yeah you know what i mean so i kind of understand why they want to you know take their time with it because obviously they're playing the long game um you know what i mean if they don't make it to the playoff this year then you know it's it's better to miss out this year and you know come back strong with a full season next year than to you know gamble these eight games and you know god forbid something happens to him so like I, i'm a little torn you know what i mean like i said i did with one of the teams i did with their team i felt like would have the eight seed uh, but you know that with the minute restriction the first two games didn't look too good for them they, they couldn't close out the first one which was a close one and then i think the second one was a blowout yeah um I, I mean the thing is you always for this team in my opinion you got to look at the at the long view you know right you have to be uh it's a young team right. their core guys are really young I mean, you, you can think that it's it could be a great opportunity to get into the playoffs and give them that exposure to high-level basketball. Right. But, like we said, if Zion is able to stay healthy for the majority of his career, he's an all-timer. And I think, in their mind, they're not trying to mess up an all-timer. So I can understand uh, their point of view of really being – extremely careful in their approach with him you know right. so yes you can play yourself into the seeding game and you know the seeding tournament and try to try to get you know above memphis uh or portland but at the same time you have to understand that this is the guy that you're going to invest a lot in so you have to sort of play the long game you're kind of obligated to play the long game in my opinion in that case yeah i mean I, like i said I'm, I'm a little torn just because you know this is a great opportunity to kind of give these guys an experience right you know what i mean mm-hmm. like essentially they were probably not going to make the playoff but this kind of gives them you know an opportunity to kind of have you know a playoff uh experience for the for these young guys you know what i mean for next season so that 
hopefully they get a taste of it and it kind of you know pushes them to be like yo we we need more of this you know what i mean like for yeah. example a team that's you know taking advantage of it right now is them hungry um phoenix suns yeah you know i mean like they uh, they were not supposed to be in this we they were laughing stock before this whole thing happened and now exactly we were we were debating like what was the <laughs> purpose of them being there and now right like, They, they've won two out of three games, you know? Right, right. And, and and even if, let's say, they do make it and there's an asterisk around it because they're like, you know, like this is like a fake playoff. Like, Actually, three still, out of three. They, they won all their yeah, games. Yeah, three out of three. And, you know what I mean? Like, and it's crazy because even before the game of the day, uh, Pat Bev, who doesn't give any credit to anybody, is like, yo, them boys are hungry. Yeah. And guess what? They, you know, they, they end up beating them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, They, they're going to get that experience, and who knows, maybe that experience is going to push them to not be the laughing stock for next season coming up. Yeah, push them to a new level, because there's a, sort of a special thing that happens when you make the playoffs. Right. In a sense that you, you see how it is, you see how the level changes, and right. how people adapt, and, and all that. So, you know, when you come with a different mindset, and you understand what you need to work on, to be at that level you know especially with got the guys that they have they have you know high character kids like Devin Booker and you know DeAndre Ayton Mikhail uh, Bridges all those guys are really like true workers you know right. you can see that those guys those are guys that have developed their game and put in time so guys like that they, they get a taste of that little playoff It can only be a positive for them. And right. I feel like the New Orleans guys are probably cut from the same cloth in the sense that if they get a taste of that, it, it, it only pushes them that far. You know? Definitely. That Definitely. far ahead. No, you're, um, you're right about that. You know, with the, like you said, with the guys that they have, you know, the Zion, the, the BI, and, and all those guys, I think it will definitely push them to, you know, to want more of it. Yeah. Uh, we just got a, you know, terrible news that. Memphis big man Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be out for the season. Oh man! With a torn meniscus. Um. So already the Grizzlies were zero and three in the bubble. They, you know, they were the hunted team because they have the eight seed. So everybody's trying to get at them. Uh, they had the early schedule against teams that were behind them. So, you know, all those teams were really trying to catch up to them so they had tough games like playoff style basketball games already early on and it showed because you know like we said in the last spot we didn't think they were quite ready for that stage and that kind of pressure right and they all they lost all three close games right but where would you put their chances now that probably i i think he's been their best player in the bubble you know from The games that I saw, I mean, Ja is amazing, but I felt like Jaron was the most consistent guy day in and day out. Right. And he's actually their best three-point shooter. So where do you see their their chances now that uh, that he's going to be out? Man, I, I think this, this is another situation that kind of towards me a little bit because I was looking at Brooklyn laughing at them. <laughs> you know, like they were not going to win games. <laughs> And the reason why I'm breaking up Brooklyn because I feel like something like that could wake up the young bloods where they're like, yo, we got to do this for our boy. You know what I mean? And they could take their level of play to like a, a whole other level to kind of, you know, get a few games going on. You know what I mean? So 
I wouldn't bet against them because they lost. They lost them, but you know what I mean. Like I, I, I kind of want to lean towards these guys are gonna get hungrier and they they're gonna want to do it for their boy. I, I, I understand that, but one thing where I, uh, I'm gonna challenge you on is that right. Brooklyn, like we said, it's almost an entirely new team. <laughs> so you're fitting in new pieces and you're trying to see, okay, this goes here and this goes there, and they've had a little time to prepare, even though not the most amount of time, but they're right. figuring out as they go, and everybody basically has a new role. In right. that case, you have to replace a huge hole. Right. You no, know, it's a totally different thing because everything that he does for that team, uh, offensively and defensively, right, is incredibly essential. And I don't know who on that roster is going to come in and fill the different things that he brings as far as his shooting, his ability to post up and right. take advantage of mismatches, uh, his blocking ability, the way he comes and help, and he's able to switch on guards also. Right. So all those little things that he brings to the table, I don't know the body that, like the human being that they have that can actually re replace it. You know, right. I mean, maybe it's Josh Jackson that they bring in and they play at, uh, as a small ball four and they go smaller. Right. But I'm not entirely sure that there's a single person that, you know, that can fill in those shoes, even at 80% of what he does. No, definitely. I think sometimes when we, when we look at a situation like that, we automatically look at it from the perspective of, who can replace that void? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. who can replace this human being? And sometimes it's not about replacing them. It's about changing your style and, you know what I'm saying, doing something Adapting different. Around the goal, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes that works. And a lot of teams has found, you know what I'm saying, ways to be impressive, you know what I'm saying, by not necessarily filling that void, but adapting to whatever pieces they have. Like the Pacers, you know, right. in the last podcast, we kind of dismissed them. Right. The thing is, that's a well, well coached team. Right. You know, the top of the East and we said it all year. I mean, this is a like a gauntlet for coaches. You're going against Nick Nurse, Bud, um, Nate McMillan, Eric right. Spolstra. Those are really, really high quality coaches, even Brad Stevens. Um, so and. Indiana, they have one of those guys that can really, you know, make a team work how it really wants them to work and make them fit in how things work best. And it usually works really, really well. And they found a way. They've really found a way to, to make everything work without their best player. No, definitely. You're right. It's, it's a shocker. Uh, I mean, like, I think I told you, I was like, man, I feel like we disrespected them. You know what I mean? But but once again, there you go. They're, they got, you know, their guy playing like a superstar right now mm -hmm. you know what i mean like somebody that should have been a an all-star and everything and that's what i'm saying is you know if we would have looked at like and and that's how we looked at it originally is can turner kind of fill that void you know what i mean that's a bonus left and you know that's not what it's about now it's about somebody else stepping up playing their game at an elite level yeah well I, I, I didn't think that T.J. Warren would, su would suddenly turn into Peja Soyakovic. Oh, definitely three, not. Nah, definitely <laughs> not. Uh, before the, the first game against uh, the Sixers, he hadn't made more than four threes in a game in his career. Wow. And then he comes in and hits nine threes. And that was probably, as T.J. 
I mean, we've been watching him ever since he was in high school from his Brewster days. That was probably the only thing missing in this game for him to be an elite, elite high-level scorer. You know, right. he's always been super, super important at the rim. He had all those little floaters. The mid-range game always been elite. Right. But the three-point shot was one area that he needed to improve at. I mean, if he's going to be this good from the three, that's, that's a 25 points a game scorer. Oh, yeah, without a question. The next thing that uh, we wanted to discuss, so <laughs> the Houston Rockets. So right now they're playing against the Portland Trail Blazers. They're down for in the third quarter, but they, they're 2-0 in right. the bubble right. in the seeding games. Uh, all two come from behind victories. I mean, usual Houston style, force a lot of turnovers, get a lot of deflections, shoot a lot of threes. Uh, what do you think of their prospect as far as, you know, us thinking that they will fall down the standings and eventually in the playoffs, you know, are they a first-round team? Do you still think they're a first-round team or do you feel like they can go further? Um, the, see, it's, it's crazy because they're, they're playing, like I said, they're playing that AAU style. And that AAU style, I, I, you know what I'm saying, I, I called it, I said that would work early in the bubble mm -hmm. um, just because teams are still figuring things out. Yeah. But I feel like once playoff starts and think teams kind of slow down, but it, it's I think the most important thing is who they're going to face first round. Yeah. Uh that's going to dictate it because I think right now too their their style, the way they're playing also falls into the hands of, you know, this new brand of basketball. There's not a lot of heavy pounding low block guys, you know what I mean? And that's what's going to neutralize them is if you have somebody so dominant down there that forces them to come out with Tyson Chandler or whoever is the biggest guy they got, you know, on yeah, their and, bench. And, and they, they, they basically have to play four on five offensively because exactly. they're not using their big guys offensively. Exactly. You know what I mean? And I think another thing too is teams, you know, if they were to kind of guard them one-on-one, -on -one, no help, and they're giving up layups, you better off exchanging layups with them than uh, playing into their game where you you kind of doubling and, and forcing them to shoot threes. That's what they want to do anyways, right? They got a bunch of three-point shooters on the court. But I feel like teams keep trying to double and, and you know, helping out when James drives. That It's allowing them to kick it out and moving the ball and shooting threes. I think when teams get that in, the, in playoffs and they, they kind of figure that thing out, I don't see them getting too far. But, but how would you guard James? Because we've seen both tactics – uh, early in these in right. these play and in these seeding games. So, the first quarter against the Mavericks, they were like, let's guard him straight up, uh, one on one, and not force him to in either or di direction. Right. And he was just torching them. He scored twenty three in the first half. He didn't miss a shot. Right. Um, in the first quarter, I mean twenty three in the first quarter. Right. Then, how they ad adjusted is they started dub doubling her as soon as he crossed half court. They doubled. Right. They double super hard, force him to give up the ball, and they would usually have Westbrook in the middle. That way, that gets to Westbrook, and he's able to create and uh, find guys, whatever. Right. Um, and then you have the Bucks. how the Bucks decided to guard him, which probably I think is the most efficient way to guard, effective way to guard Harden is force him to his weak hand and actually uh, let him go towards the help, push him towards the help. Because mm. he's not going to shoot any mid-range. 
That so if fit. you push him towards the help, it, it automatically brings him to the rim. So he has to make a decision whether he's going to take that tough floater over a seven-footer or make that Thank late you. pass, which usually leads to a turnover. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly how I want to play him. It's that way. Uh, the, the guys on the wings don't leave your man. Stay home. And like you said, make that tough floater or kick it out to the big man or they don't even have a big man. That's going to finish down there. And we're going to exchange twos because if my team is shooting threes, I know because I'm bigger than you, I could still out-rebound you, essentially. So I'm going to get second chances. You know what I'm saying? Even if I miss my three, I'm going to put back with a two. We're going to exchange twos. Yeah. And we know that's not the game that you want. And the other thing, too, is when you guard James one-on-one, the usage rate become super high can he go yeah. four games like that i don't think so you know what i mean so you watch him like you said he had 20 points in the first first of all i wouldn't keep him i wouldn't play him you know straight up because that gives him too many options to go where no heck he you have to. to force him uh on the side exactly you have to force him to his, his right hand especially his right hand because the thing is he wants to toy with you he wants to yes, play with you exactly and make you guess which way he's going and exactly. usually he wants to go to his left yeah and pull it back and shoot that jumper or make a little hezzy and, and then get to the rim exactly but if you force him to his right hand he's a lot more predictable exactly you know you kind of know that he's not necessarily going to have that many moves with his right hand and he's probably just going to go straight up right and you play the help early you have him on a tough floater, right? And that's all she wrote. But the thing is, now the issue becomes Westbrook after that, because how they play with Westbrook when Westbrook becomes the ball dominant guard, right? They just space out. Sag once again playing one on one. Sag playing one on one. Westbrook doesn't even shoot three, so it makes it even better. But even if for the help sag, to come. like they literally have like I, I, in that game. Harden was standing almost damn near half court. Right. So, the thing is, if you're a defender, you're not going to be able to fill any gaps if guys are set so spread out. So, it becomes a one-on-one with Westbrook and his man, and he's going to win that battle every and, single and, time. But that's my thing, though. I'm fine with that matchup because, like I said, we're going to exchange twos. And eventually, we're going to win. You only beat me when I make, let's say, a run of two, like three baskets, right? Let's say three layups. That's six yeah. points. But I watch you toy me around, and you kick it out twice, and you get two threes. Boom. You just tied what I just did in, in three possessions. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So I'd rather we go ahead. We're exchanging twos, and I know I'm going to hit some threes because your defense is not that great. Because if I'm pounding you inside... You're, you're going to help, and I'm going to kick it out. I'm going to get one of them threes. It's just I can't keep up with you if you're just jacking up threes. So yeah, I'm and, fine and, with and, giving and the twos. number And the number of possessions that they get, I mean, it, that's really like... And that's another thing, too. They try to score fast, and they try to play fast because they understand, you know, they're playing the math. Right. You know, they have a small team. They're not going to get as many offensive rebounds or defensive rebounds. So if they can just push it every single time and right. force you into turnovers and and that's the other thing you have to have solid guards if you don't right. have solid guards you can't beat that team right i'm sorry because the, the bucks 
if they had somebody better than DiVincenzo and Wes Matthews in that game, right. they win that game. And right. especially DiVincenzo was terrible. Like, oh, he, he had five, he was five turnovers. I was like, man, like, this guy doesn't want the first he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, and that's going to happen. He's going to be inconsistent. He's still a young player, but you need really solid guards against that team because that's going to be the go-to because they deny everything. Defensively, they also they play the passing lane. So you have to be able to beat your man off the dribble or have a guy that can post up. Definitely. Definitely. You know, so no, but I, I agree with you on 1,000%. There's a solution for that team. I think as, you know, like you said, as it goes on, people will, ha- will have them figured out. Um, they'll probably have the fourth or fifth seed uh, just because, I mean, Dallas has been so inconsistent, especially defensively, they've been pretty bad. Right. Uh, so Houston is probably going to end up with a fourth or fifth seed. But at the same time, whoever they meet that's able to do a really good job of scouting their pe- personnel, mm-hmm. because most of those guys, they can't do anything off the dribble. No, sir. So if you put, if you force those guys to put the ball on the floor and um, Westbrook, you let him go one-on-one, whatever, do his thing, and James, you force him in to help. Right. You, you have it. Yeah. But you, you can't turn the ball over 25 times. No, you, de- you, you definitely can. And you got to finish your layups, too. Like, I'm watching these teams, and it's like, these seven-footers are missing tip-ins, and, like, this is yeah. that type of situation is helping them stay in the game. You know? like, exactly. You gotta, because You got to bank on that. It's your time to shine, big man. And, and that that's the thing, because, I mean, D'Antoni has always been a believer that post-ups are not good possession. <laughs> right. You know, so... And he, and he plays into that, like, okay, I'm, I'm going to let you guys post up. If you have a really good post-up player, then it's a wrap for us. But if you don't, then it, play right, it plays right into our advantage because you're going to post up somebody that's not that good. It's going to score, like, one out of two and a half times. Right. You know, it's going to be a 40% chance of you scoring. Like, that's perfect because yeah. we're going to go out there and shoot 73 at 35%. We're better than you. Exactly. That's more points for us, right. you know. So you have to be careful who you post up. Make good decisions. Don't mm-hmm. turn the ball over. Just play fundamentally sound basketball. Definitely. You know, and scout properly because they're a dangerous team in this in this model, right? In this bubble, but I think only for the seeding games. For the playoffs, I'm not uh, I'm not sold on. I'm that right there with all. you on that. Um, other major storyline. So, you've watched the Lakers. I yes, mean, sir. That, yes, that's your squad. Sir. <laughs> um, what do you make of LeBron James' performance in those three games? So, we, we don't want to overreact here and be a prisoner of the moment. No. But how do you feel about him, you know, in those three games? Do you feel like maybe he's on a decline or it's just a matter of him getting his legs back or... Um, how do you? What, what do you think? Um, I, I think, you know what? Because it's LeBron James, we're, go, we're gonna give him benefit of the doubt and say that he needs to get his legs back. But we must, you know, what I'm saying, address the elephant in the room, which is, you know, he he seems like he lost he lost a, a few steps. Um, just his ability to 
to beat guys one on one is, is is getting tough. Um, like I said, one thing I always said about him, he he needs the team to play his brand of basketball. Yeah. And you know, his brand of basketball is great for him. But you know, when he's not at, at the top of his game, it it, it kind of makes it hard for his team. You know what I mean? I think the good thing is yesterday AD was on something else. You know what I mean? He was in a different type of bag yesterday. Uh, he was cooking, you know, the the former defensive player of the year. I, yeah. I felt like that was a great matchup for AD because he's a lot more mobile than... than yeah, uh, I, and I don't, I don't understand these teams that try to play AD <laughs> one-on-one. Like, wh- what are you thinking? I mean, you you can, just not, with, just not with another big man. I think if you have, like, a... a uh, undersized guy that is physically strong. Well, the Clippers had a bunch of those, and look how that turned out. That's true. That's true. But he he didn't play as much one on one with the Clippers as he did yesterday. Yesterday he no, he was but, doing it all. But the, the the issue if you have a smaller guy, and that's what why I always say there's no real scouting report for AD because double team. He's gonna what? Well, yeah, with double team is the only thing. Because if you if your single coverage when when he has the ball, he's gonna beat you. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, he he makes those energy type plays. Right. You know, he rolls hard. He gets after it on the offensive board. He gets all those putbacks. So he's gonna get at least like ten fifteen points out of that. Right. You know, and then if you play him single coverage. Add it to that, then that's another twenty and. That puts you at 35, and it's a wrap. And you've lost that game because you let AD go off. Right. You know? But uh, going back to Braun, I feel like <sighs> it's hard for me to to say, you know, he's lost a step. Because oftentimes we we, we have a tendency to, to overreact to him having right. bad games. And he comes around and he, you know, he sort of proves us wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm not going to say anything about him yet. I'm just going to say that AD's been carrying him for these last few few days, you know. He, he has. But you know what I did uh, a few days ago? I watched uh, LeBron with Miami. Mm-hmm. And that's why I came to the conclusion that he lost a step. Uh, a, a for sure. Steps. Compared it, to my ha- it's just, Miami, he's yeah, not it's the same athlete. I, I was looking at how he was moving, and it's just right now he's he's starting to get that that old man feel, like you know, what I mean? yeah. like every game hurts my bones and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, <laughs> just the way he's moving, it's just it's not as smooth, as fluid as as it was. You know, what I mean, and even it's not as as smooth as it was when the season started. I feel uh, like that he, that fast that fast twitch is gone, but yeah. he's gotten a lot more bulk and a lot bigger and a lot right. stronger. So right. And, that's that's another way to get an advantage. It it is, but once you have a guy who's fairly strong and that can yeah. move with him, yeah, I mean, like we saw, and that's how, like I said, once again, you 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 see that you know the step is lost. Is OG was did a great job on him. Yes. You know what I mean? And well, OG 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 is a really good defender, and OG probably is probably a guy that uh, we kind of snubbed in that all defensive team. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. Uh, and I think OG style of defense also kind of carries into what LeBron does. I think OG struggles to guard a guy who who has like a fast twitch type. Exactly. Move. LeBron is this the Those type. Those little 
hesitation. Moves. Exactly. I like Jason Tatum. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that's that's where he he has a weakness. Where LeBron, he kind of wants to lean into you, use his body on you, and kind of you know, just get off. You know what I mean? And just yeah. kind of go there, and that falls into what OG wants. He doesn't yeah. want somebody that moves too much. He wants somebody that's gonna take his time, and it allows him to kind of dig into to it a little. Kind of like Kawhi. If you stay too long, like when you catch the ball and you stay in, in front of Kawhi for like two three seconds, you're done. Pass the ball. Don't put it on the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. OG kind of has that, that same type of uh, defense a little bit. Where when you stay in one spot for too long, it, it plays exactly into what he does. But at the same time, I feel like for, for LeBron, it might just be a thing of, you know, his energy level is not at the right place. I mean, maybe he never, he never recovers it and, you know, he's, maybe he's really lost a step. Right. But... I, I'm not gonna doubt him until I really see. For know, sure, but, I, the, the, that, I but that's why I said I said because it's LeBron, we gotta give him the benefit of the doubt. But you also, you know what? What else I also realized that yeah. people have been doing, and you see it a lot more now because once again, because the season's stopping, like it's a short period. But guys are picking him up full court. Clippers picked yeah. him up full court. Uh, Raptors picked them up half court. You know what I mean? Like as soon as he crosses, they are on him. You know what I mean? We're not gonna watch you look at whatever you're no, trying you to look you, at you, and pick you, us apart. You have to force him to play at a certain pace. Exactly. You know. And, and I don't know if he wants to play at that pace. I, I don't. No, think he doesn't. He, he doesn't. Right now, he's not. He's not built for that pace. You know what I mean? He doesn't. <laughs> and I feel like once again that that's where I'm leaning towards him losing a, some steps is. The fact that they, I think teams realize that. Do you think that's going to affect their playoff chances? Without a question. Without a question. I'm, I'm on him as soon as the ball is inbounded. I'm following him all the way to the bench. That's how close. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I'm playing him. Like, you're going to have to play fast. And you better be in shape for four games straight if that's how you guys are going to beat us. If you guys are yeah. going to beat us, you guys are going to sweep us, you, gotta, you better have the stamina and the, and the physical condition to beat us. You know what I'm saying? Full court. Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm checking him as soon as he gets out the bus. The fact that the, the guys that they lost uh, for the bubble, you know, it was everybody was a starter for, the, for them. Um, and Rondo was a pretty important bench, bench guy. So now they've had to rely on Alex Caruso to kind of bring a lot of what those two brought. You know, Avery Bradley's defense plus... Rondo's sort of playmaking ability. Right. I feel like they're 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 too thin at the guard position. Definitely. And they're gonna rely heavily, heavily on AD to uh, to get some scoring, heavily on LeBron. So yeah. I think this is a great time. I, for I, I'm not sure they're even a, a conference finals team, honestly. They probably are because they have two out of the top five and right. I'll tell you what, everybody shrinks their rotation in the playoffs. So my best eight against your best eight. Who, who do you think they'll lose to if they don't make it to a conference? Look, I I don't know if they would like to play Houston. I don't know if that would play in. I think they want to play Houston. They're gonna out rebound Houston. But and, they're and so I'm, turnover prone. They are, but LeBron will pick Houston apart. I'm not sure. Ah. I see him picking Houston apart. The way they defend with those guys, he just, it's gonna be Lob City. 
And then they have Dwight coming off the bench who's, you know, he goes into the guys that we're talking about, heavy guys who's going to get on them offensive rebounds that's going to punish them and slow them down. Yeah. Well, I think, well, AD is definitely going to have a field day. Oh, he's going to have a field day. But, uh, all over the place. yeah. I mean, that would probably be from that bottom six, you know, Look at Houston, Utah, OKC, Dallas, uh, Portland, which I think is going to be the team that makes it. Um, yeah, I think I think Houston probably be the most interesting team for them. Yeah, uh, going into the playoffs, just because it's, it's such a clash of style. It is the Lake. The Lakers don't want to play that fast, and Houston even though they score a lot, and Houston just. They want to, they want to score 145 every game. That's a fit. But but you are right though because, and even as you speak, and as far as them stopping Houston defensively, once again it's it's going to be hectic. Uh, who's going to stay in front of those guys that we're talking about? And if they start moving the ball around and things like that, now unless they come, the the Lakers come with a game plan that we just spoke about. I feel like they're fit for it. You know what I mean? If you send yeah. them straight to AD or even a Javel or a Dwight, that Dwight, is yeah. perfect. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, the, the next team that we wanted to discuss is, uh, you know, the city of brotherly love. <laughs> <laughs> the Jumbo team. Man. Philadelphia. <laughs> Sixers. Man. Um, so... They, they haven't looked necessarily great yet. Right. Especially defensively. Right. Uh, it was always, it, it's always been like th- that team was a mystery, you know, all year long because they were so good at home. They were, <laughs> like we said, 29-2 and two and 10-24 right. and 24 at, on the road. Um, this is pretty much an environment where, you know, it's neutral – neutral court so you never know how it's going to be for them because you know with such disparity from home and road record how is it, how does a neutral court play out for that team we chose to bet on their talent right um so they decided to move shake melton at the uh, the point guard position ben at the four how do you feel that has worked uh as of now you know in those first few games I mean, I can't say it's working too well if they've been losing, right? <laughs> I mean, they're they're technically one and one. They they lost to the to the Pacers and right. they barely beat the the Spurs. No, so far I I I like the way it looks. It just needs it needs time and work. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is this is perfect because. As far as where they at, they they're gonna face a tough team, mm-hmm. and I think the pressure is gonna be at the on the top team. You know what I mean? As far as like, I think right now if the playoff was to start, who would they be playing? Uh, they probably play Boston because that's a three seed. Boston, exactly. It's a three and six matchup. Exactly, and the pressure is on Boston because you're the highest seed. Yeah. And right now, you know, like we're speaking, Philly's looking horrible, so. What, what do they have to lose? And the thing is, if that thing gels right around that time, they take out Boston, and then who they have next? Probably 
the Bucks, right? Toronto. If I'm not mistaken, Toronto. No, Toronto. Ra- Raptors. Toronto and, and yeah. Toronto. Once again, that that pressure is on them. You know what I mean? And so, I think you know it, it's low key a blessing in disguise where they're figuring things out. Uh, if things gels at the right moment, they get to you know start to play off with no pressure or no high expectation because people are gonna look at them like you guys been losing and you guys are lowest seed and we don't expect much from you guys. But if that thing can gel at the at the right time, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, I think we spoke about it a few times. Ben is more fit for, for that four position just because it, he'll be a lot more efficient and he is a lot mm-hmm. more efficient from there. Yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be a lot more efficient, but he, ha- he also needs the ball in his hands in, on certain occasions. Right. You know? um, I think the, their biggest issue... I mean, right now it's obviously defense because I mean, right. giving up 129 points a game for the yeah. first two games is absurd. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, not every team is a great shooting team. You right. know, the 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 Spurs shot 46% from three against them. Uh, Indiana, God knows how how well they shot against them. So they have to figure that out because that was their strength last year. That's what. You know that's what's push, put that's what pushed the Raptors to seven games and almost on the brink of elimination. Right. You know they swallowed uh, Siakam and Fred. I mean Fred disappeared. He couldn't be played in that series because they were so big. They shrunk the court. They made everything super tough. But I felt like this is not the same type of energy and team that I'm seeing this uh, this year and. If they're not going to be that, they're just not good enough offensively. Right. The guys that they have, honestly, they don't mesh well together. Right. You know? But but do you think that the, the changes of position is kind of throwing things off as a whole? Like, I know it, it shouldn't matter, but don't don't you feel like that could have an impact? That you're so focused on, on, on offense that you, you forget your identity defensively? Absol- I, probably, and especially if you've had four months off. Right. I mean, you kind of need to reestablish uh, certain principles and making sure that everything is down pat. But right. yeah, if you, if you're trying to get guys to play different positions and trying to make sure that everybody understands where they need to be and their role, right? And that new structure, yeah, yeah. So, so it, essentially, they're probably like one of the teams that came in with a new, not necessarily a new offense, but like new structure offensively. Yeah. And a new, but not a new structure, but kind of like refresh. A new identity. The, 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 exactly, exactly. A, a new, definitely, they, they have a new identity. Um, but you only have that much time, you know. Right. And it's about creating habits. Right. Uh, I mean, as far as what I believe in, if you create good habits and create championship habits, especially in how you play and you know, the standards that you have on both sides of the court, that's what's going to make you a great team. But if you, they don't build those, you know, soon enough, I don't know how they beat anybody, especially, like we said, the great coaching that's in the East. Right. Because that's an area that they're a little undermatched. Right. Over, overmatched. I mean, he's a good coach, Brett Brown, but... I don't think he's on the level of Bud, of Nick Nurse, no. of um, 
you know, especially uh, because I feel like sometimes he has a tendency to overreact. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in that first game. I mean, I understand Shake Milton was, wasn't playing well, but you entrusted him into certain things and right. you have to build that trust with him, especially if he's going to be your point guard. And I think in in the second half of that game, he probably subbed him off like 30 seconds in. It's like, well, that's not how you built it. And he was like, no, you're done. And I can't play you. I'm going to go back to my old ways. That Yeah, that's that's wild. That's wild, especially when it's something fresh that you're trying to start. I think. Exactly, you know. And, and, and it's been like that in the past, you know, the situations where certain players that they had before where it's like, okay, well, you're trying to – you said that that's what you wanted to build, but as soon as something doesn't work like you th thought it would, right. you snap out of it. And it's like, no, you, you know, you have to build it up. You yeah, have you, to. You, you got to use uh, JoJo's motor, man. Trust the process, buddy. Trust the process. Exactly. <laughs> you know, Cause, uh, hey, at the end of the day, if you truly believe that's what it's going to be, then, you know, actually work on it right. you know instead of just scratching it out and going back to your always because i mean that means that you probably wasn't sold on it and somebody might have you know Convinced pushed you. that yeah put it that push that decisions uh, right. decision to you um but i feel like they're they're a first round team you know exit first one exit. yeah yeah first first round exit yeah it, definitely if they don't figure it out they're out Yeah. Um, so the, the, the last thing we wanted to talk about, you know, the, uh, the infamous race to the last spot in the West, because the East is essentially decided because, you know, Washington, they've lost three in a row. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to catch the, the Nets uh, to come within four, four games and, and play for that, uh, for that last game. So they're seven and a half games behind. Right. So they're they're done. Right. Um, but in 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 a West, it's you know really really heating up because you know you have a uh, Portland that's two games behind the Grizzlies, San Antonio same thing. Um, New Orleans is a half a game behind. Phoenix is a half a game behind New Orleans, which makes them three games behind uh, the Grizzlies, and the Kings who started actually above a lot of those teams is now three and a half games behind the Grizzlies. So the uh, eight and nine seed will play for the playing game. Right. So do you think Memphis keeps that spot at eight or they fall down and we get a playing game between, let's say, Portland and San Antonio or Portland and the Pels or Memphis keeps that eight spot and we get Uh, Memphis against whoever Man. and who that whoever would be who oh, that's a tough one uh, I'm gonna go with the schedule actually whoever right now has the easiest schedule which you know I don't, I don't have it in front of me so I can't even so so let's look at, at the at the remaining schedule for right for for a lot of those teams. because I think that that's what's gonna be the well the, I mean, how how much has it made a difference though? Because like we said, Phoenix is three and zero. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. Because Phoenix, man, they they just beat the Clippers too. That's, yeah. 
You know, Booker has been on a mission. Right. Um, I mean, listen, if that's how we're going to go with it, then we, we might as well go with the hot teams right now. And But the thing is, I feel like New Orleans is about to turn it around. Uh, with, with Zion playing a little more now, you know what I mean, after complaining about his situation, I think they, they're still going to be a force to reckon with. Um, it's hard to overlook at Phoenix right now with what they've been doing. And even the Spurs. The Spurs are 21, right? and, you know, they're not they're, going They're not going away. They're, they're just they're they're scrapping it out, them, you know. But they're, I'll, I'll they're be honest, probably, I, don't th- I think this is it for them. I don't think, I don't think they're going to get that A spot. The, the Spurs? Yeah, I don't think they're going to Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> honestly, like, I've enjoyed watching their young guys play and everything, but they have, you know, a couple of tough outs coming. They play Denver, Utah twice, New Orleans, and Houston. Right. Those are all teams that, you know, their seedings matter. Whereas uh, Memphis, they end with uh, Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee. Ooh. So, but the thing is, those three might have already s- secured their spot. Right. See, you, you know what can mess things up? Is let's say, for example, right, let's say Toronto secured the second spot, the second seed. Yeah. And they're like, whatever. Let's just treat the last games like whatever. Kind of like what um, the Bucks did today and kind of gave uh, Brooklyn that. That was Brooklyn. Free right? win. Exactly. When things like that start happening. That could just change anything we might try to predict right now. Yeah, but the thing is, based me, I, I'm just gonna go based on the rosters and who I feel like has the strongest team. I feel like Portland is one of the, like six best teams in the league. Yeah, I'm there like, with you. They're really, really like they have, and like I don't have anything against Carmelo, but if they sort of manages minutes right and right um i think they could win out in a lot of those games right because that like i like like nurk is really good yo he came he came ready to go like (laughs) he came ready to go i forgot what was the first game but he set the tone he i think he was about to get into a fight with somebody yeah and you know he had he's averaging like five blocks a game i mean He's been amazing. I mean, look, his stat line, um, the last, the first two games. So he put up a 24 game, nine rebounds, and the last two games, actually. Yeah. Right. 24 game, nine rebounds, five blocks a game. Right. Hey, side, side, side note. Uh, three and a half it? blocks a game, five assists. Three and a half what? Blocks and five assists. Dang. He he came ready to go, man. That's crazy. Ah, I, I just feel like, man, that's a that's a really good basketball team. They're like, and like we said, not playing bad players. Right now, they're playing a side wide side. Probably the minutes that he should get, you know, right. around fifteen to twenty minutes. They have Gary Trent, who's like the revelation. Right. Um, and they're playing Anthony Simons. Yep. So they have their top eight, and they're they're going. All out, trying to play that top eight all through the playoffs, probably. Right. You know, so... You know what's the, I, I the like funny that team. thing that we, we were talking about? Nerd yep. is actually one of the guys that uh, Houston doesn't like. You know what I mean? When we talk about that guy that could just punish them down there, yep. he he got 14 rebounds so far. Yeah. 
I mean, the 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 two the two bigs that Denver drafted. I mean, him and Jokic. Right. I mean, those two guys. Houston doesn't want to see those guys <laughs> because that's really their worst nightmare. Because they're like, how are we going to defend those guys? Yeah. You know, you can't. They they don't have a solution for those guys. They crash the boards and they're efficient on the low block. They have soft touch touches and they can they can pass. Exactly. Um. So, yeah, Mia would probably go playing game. I think Memphis slides playing game between the Rockets and uh, the Pels. Uh, uh, not the Rockets, the Blazers and the Pels and get the, the Blazers in the, in the playoffs to go against the Lakers in the first round. Which you get, who you got, you said? Blazers. Blazers, Blazers. go against. Yeah. Okay. Blazers, Lakers, first round matchup. Well, I think that would be beautiful. I don't think the Lakers want to see the Blazers. Oh, they don't want to see that. They don't want to see that. <laughs> they don't want to see that. Honestly, I, I don't think they don't. <laughs> they won't smoke. <laughs> no, not at all. They they know what Dame could do. They know what he brings to the table. Yeah, and Dame with a squad, that's dangerous. Yep. <laughs> that, that's very, very dangerous. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your favorite team in the league for obvious reasons, the Toronto Raptors. Right. So you told me that, you know, maybe I was overlooking them and – yeah, such and such. They deserve our respect. They deserve our respect. But one thing I'm going to ask you. Right. Because I think it's necessary to ask. Right. Regarding the the Raptors. Right. What's really their upside? How, like, understand this. You know, if you look at the clips, you tell yourself at their best they're much better than what they are now. That's a fact. They can go up a level. Right. Um, if you look at the Lakers, you could probably think that because you'd say, okay, well, yeah, 100% Braun with, you know, KD, uh, AD playoff mode, that can get much better. Right. Um, same thing for Boston, say. Same thing for Milwaukee. If, you know, if, not necessarily Milwaukee, but Boston probably more because, you know, those guys have the experience and they've shown that they can hit that next level. Philly, same thing. But as far as Toronto goes, first, they're already playing their uh, playoff rotations. Right. So they're playing eight guys and he's going all out. He doesn't, like I told you, we, we spoke about this in the first spot. Right. He doesn't trust a lot of guys. Right. So, if he doesn't believe guys are going to play at the standards that he wants, he's not going to play them at all because he truly believes in those standards and he's trying to make sure that those are respected. Right. Um, so, how much better are they really going to be from the regular season compared, uh, like in the playoffs compared to the regular season? Well, what if, if in regular season they're already in playoff mode? But that's the thing. Whereas everybody else is not necessarily in playoff mode. So if everybody goes up a notch, are they really at an advantage? And are they really as good as their their record might in- indicate? Um, well, I think this, this is my thing. Uh, I think as much as we say he doesn't trust the guys, I think there's also the strength in their numbers. Um, just because they're one of the teams that, you know, they got to lose, lose a lot of guys during the season and they got to dig in a little deeper in their bench. 
So yeah. they definitely know they, they got players on the bench. Um, now, my thing is, I think they could take it up a notch. Um, I think with, with what they're doing defensively and even offensively, the way they, they're moving the ball, I think they could still polish it up a little more. Um, yeah. Just because we still haven't seen them in a situation where, let's say, the offense is stagnant and now they have to figure something out. And I think and that is something that it, coaching is going to kind of fix that. Is coaching really going to fix that? To a certain extent. Um, just because, like I said, uh, if there's a situation where you can't get a shot off for your guy, you let's say you have Kyle setting a screen for Pascal and Pascal is posting up the other point guard, we're in business. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got him on the block and he's punishing that little guard. And that's an opportunity that you created for him that he didn't have to, have to depend on his, uh, on his skill set. But how, how good is Pascal Siakam in a post, in a, on post? I think he's pretty good. Um, you know, he has that spin move, and around the block, he's, he's, he's very solid. Like, yeah, he, 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 has, he has little moves, but I don't know if he scores that many points per possession by post-up. I would have to look up. With a smaller numbers. guy, I think he really does. With a smaller guy. I think that the, the problem becomes when you have somebody his height, that he yeah. has to score on, then it, it kind of sometimes... Because even with a smaller guy, sometimes he can miss and just tip it back in. You know what I mean? So I, yeah. I'll, I'll bet on him with a smaller guy on him. Usually he, he takes care of that. But 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 my, my issue is exactly what you said. I, I don't think nobody has had really the time to really scout them properly and, right. you know, take time to really, you know show the holes in their personnel right as far as you know individually what they can and can't do right um and they have a lot of like you know issues in a sense like they have weaknesses their guys right. have weaknesses right and if people are able to expose those even though i think he's probably one of they probably have one of the best scouts as far as preparing for opponents and making sure that they force people to play to their weaknesses. But if other teams do that to them, I think they're at a major disadvantage because I don't, I'm not sure they have the offensive talent that can just say, you know what? Okay. I'm taking over now. Right. You know, sort of a, a, an AD like we, we saw yesterday or a Kawhi like they had last year. Right. Uh, one of those guys, or even like, I'm going to put Tatum in that, uh, in that conversation because Definitely. he's a guy that can just get you a bucket. Definitely. You know, uh, that's, that's the part where I'm a little dubious about how well they can do. Right. Because they're already playing such a short rotation. They're already, um, you know, sort of in playoff mode. Mm -hmm. So, yes, obviously they can polish up and, you know, making sure everybody looks even worse their right. opponent look look even worse but you know how well they're going to look offensively uh, that's going to be uh the the big question right you know like i said i, I agree with you as far as like let's say you got to find one guy to, to kind of go one-on-one -on -one. They, they don't really necessarily have that um aside maybe fred that you know once again on mismatches fred fred puts in that that you know that one-on-one -on -one work But, yeah, but he's, he's not a good finisher. No, but, but, but that's why I said, like, I, I'm, I will bet on screen, the screener's action that will kind of create that delay or that mismatch. Mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean, that that will allow some of these guys to, you know, be able to kind of do their thing. You know what I mean? And another thing I'm banking on is the fact that, you know, it may not be such a, as an as much of an impact in the playoff, but, they, you know, they're one of the leading fast break teams. You know yeah. what I mean? And that comes with their ability to, to defend. And, and that's another thing, too. Sometimes, you, you know, your best offense is your defense. You know what I mean? I think they're not afraid that's to true. pick up full court, kind of force you to create turnovers when, you know, times get hard, you know, they're able to kind of push it and do something with it. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of overlooking the, the one-on-one situation, who's the go-to guy when things are tight, because I'm banking on the fact that, you know, with the coaching staff, they're going to be able to kind of put some things together that may throw some of these teams off. Okay, well, in, uh, in a possible second-round mat- matchup between Toronto and Philly or Toronto and Boston, who do you pick? I'm picking Toronto over both. Yeah? Yeah. Um, as much as I love Jason Tatum, I don't like how he passes outside the double team. No, he's not. A, yeah, that's yeah. one and, area. And you that, know, yeah. if we're thinking about that without even watch, watching the film very closely, you know they're coming with something like that. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. So I mean, their, their best passer is probably Gordon Hayward. Right. You know, actually. So, yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown and Tatum will probably get exposed on that. Even though I think Jalen comes with such force every single day that maybe is a little more unpredictable and right. a lot harder to to scout for. Right. But um, yeah, Jason Jason probably have a a, a hard, harder time against them. Yeah. But I'm not sure. Like like I said, you know, I feel like. People will also expose them they, in some ways. I think people will, but once again, just for example, if they're going against the Celtics, like you said, yeah, you know what I mean? Let's say the Celtics are exposing them defensively. I think yeah. just the simple fact that Jason can't pass out the double team, you know, that, those are opportunities that they can bank on. You know what I'm saying? Those turnovers and just get those quick runs, it, it kind of neutralizes a lot of things pretty quickly. And I, I, like I said, I don't think they're just going to sit back and struggle offensively, they're going to speed up the pace. And that's one thing. They're not afraid to do that. Oh, they, they will have to do that. Because if they want to have a chance, they'll, they'll have to. I mean, like like we said about the Sixers, it's not going to come. Like, their success is not going to be based on their offense. Their right. success is probably be more based on their defense and, you know, their ability to uh, to stop people and make people uncomfortable. Right. You know? Obviously, their their offense they need their best guys to put up decent numbers. Right. But I'm not sure how much more efficient they're going to be compared to the regular season. I don't I don't, I'm, I don't think they're the type of talents like you know some of the all time greats that become more productive and more right. efficient. The stage gets bigger. They're probably going to either stay the same or be a little worse. Right. But if they're defense can you know can stay the course and sort of you know keep them afloat right then i think well they have probably one of the top two or three coaches in the league that definitely that can pull some miracles uh, all right uh let's wrap it up i mean it's been a great first week of basketball in the bubble oh yeah i hope this days i mean the intensity has been amazing the the guys have been really competing hard the refereeing 
the refereeing has been really good right. calling all those travels right I'm, I'm, so, side, side side note but before yeah. we wrap it up do you feel like that the level of play is better than what it would have been if the season never stopped Yes. Thank you. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> Because we got rid of those crappy teams. Right. <laughs> Only the teams that really matter and that are going to be on national TV are there. Right. Right. No, we don't have to deal with the Knicks and, uh, you know, Golden State <laughs> 2.0 or, you know, Chicago. Right. Every single team that is there has somebody that you, you look forward to seeing. Right. Like, even, like, the Kings... They're fun to watch. Yes, they are. You know, Buddy and Yaren and Bogey. Yeah. You know, they actually, you, you have fun watching them. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Phoenix, we know already about Book, uh, Dallas, all those teams. Every single team that you're watching, aside from DC and, and Brooklyn, because none of the guys showed up. But uh, all the other teams, they, they're intriguing and, and somewhat exciting. Right. No, definitely. No, I, and I, I, and like I also this think format. that the, the little rest also helped them out. Yes. Uh, everybody's fresh. It, this almost feel like, you know, guys had like the whole summer and now this is playoff is starting at the beginning of the season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Basically. So it's super dope, man. And I think that, that the limited traveling, like you said, it gives you that AAU feeling. You, you play, you go back to your room, chill out a little bit, rest your body, and then come back fresh. It's super dope, man. I'm, I'm definitely happy to see this thing going. No, it, it's been really, really great. It's been very, very fun. Um, so we'll catch up next week again. Yes, sir. And uh, that was it. Thanks a lot for taking part of this again. Yes, sir. See ya. Peace.